Hey, I'm here too, you know. (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome again to Lighthouse Bible Church this morning. Let's begin by praying together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for us being able to gather here. We thank you most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave up his life for us. We thank you, Father, also for one another. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We ask this morning, Father, that we would line up our hearts according to your word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand and worship with us. I still get nervous when they walk out that door afterwards. I'm thinking, are they going to come back? But they always do. Good morning again, everybody. Welcome again to Lighthouse Bible Church this morning. Next Sunday is the first Sunday of July, so that means we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper next Sunday. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Since next Saturday is the 4th of July, I'd like to wish everybody who's an American a happy 4th of July. Be sure to pray for this country as you celebrate our freedom. Missionary this month, of course, has been Mission Aviation Fellowship, www.maf.org. Yesterday I read the monthly prayer newsletter for the Mills family. Kevin and Kim, you might recall, talked about them, their three children, Kyler, Caleb, and Kara. I don't know, but it seems like there's a pattern there somewhere. I don't know. Um, It's interesting because they write their letter and... They talk about all of the things that have changed because of COVID-19 in their country. It's the exact same things that are going on in our country. So, um, but nevertheless, keep them in prayer. I'm sure they don't have the same infrastructure that we do. They have a 2 o'clock in the afternoon curfew, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so among other things. Um, and of course, there, um, particularly Kim, she's the principal of the school there. So you can imagine there's been a challenge there in terms of distance learning and all the things that they have to work out. So continue to keep this missionary organization in prayer. They have had um, obstacles because of the virus. They, uh, for a time period, they were not able to transport any people, just, just goods, just freight. So, but that's been changed. So they're able to bring people back into the different countries, which is a good thing. They also said, said goodbye to a, you know, a lady that um, was a pilot, and she crashed in one of the lakes. Um, yeah, they, they loved her very much, so they're mourning for her as well. So let's keep that in prayer also. All right, speaking of COVID-19, I guess uh, it looks like there's been a flare-up of that uh, virus, especially here in Florida. And so we do want to stay vigilant um, with that. I know last week we had some, some concerns even then about people, particularly people that were coming in late and sitting really close to people. Um, we don't want that to happen. Um, we, we also don't want to have to have everybody wear a mask, but if we have to, we will, just because we're going to keep an eye on that. Okay? Um, and I do, I do know that we have people that have been decided that they're not going to come because of um, health issues or advanced age or so forth. We... Uh, that we hope and know that they're on the internet this morning and we say hi to them because they're a part of the family no matter where they are. All right, let's begin this morning's message. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 32. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 42. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, 42. 1 Corinthians 15, 42. I thought there was a problem with my mic, but it's not a problem with my mic. It's just a, some artistic work going on back there. I love it. All right. You can draw a picture of me if you want, Sadie. You can draw a picture of me if you want. Yeah. And there she goes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the way I feel, too. All right. First Corinthians 50, 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It, the resurrection of the dead, is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. 
If there is a natural body, and there is, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth. Earthy, that's Adam. The second man, Christ, is from heaven. As is the earthy man, Adam, so also those who are earthy, all his descendants. And as is the heavenly, Christ, so also are those who are are heavenly. That's all the believers. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we were born in Adam, we will also, Christians, will bear the image of the heavenly Christ. Paul wraps up this description of the resurrection body with a stunning portrayal of the federal heads. Federal just means in char- like representing everybody else. Okay? Um, there's two. There's two kinds of humanity. There's earthly and heavenly humanity. And the title of today's message tells us where every Christian will one day be, and that's bearing the image of the heavenly. We're going to see exactly how marvelous that is this morning, what that really means. We will bear the image of the heavenly. And so at the head of the earthly, the earthy, is Adam, the first man. He's the head of all who are born after him. At the head of the heavenly, of course, is the last Adam, our Lord Jesus Christ. And, And when God the Father looks at the human race, he actually looks at the heads. He looks at Adam and he looks at Christ. He looks at the fallen man, and he looks at redeemed man. That's, that's what he sees, okay? Because why? We're all in Christ. And everybody is born in Adam, okay? And Adam all die. We'll see that again today. Christ all will be made alive. As a matter of fact, please turn right now to 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. This is just a few verses back. We were on this probably a month ago. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man Adam came death, by a man also Christ came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. In Adam all die. Why? Well, because the body we inherited from Adam is perishable. In Adam all die because the body we inherited from Adam is mortal. It's weak. And it's dishonorable. That's why in Adam all die. By the way, we have those bodies right now. Because we haven't had our bodies redeemed yet. That's a future thing. We're going to see what that means in terms of the heavenly and who he is. And then how we would become in heavenly bodies, in spiritual bodies, we will. But all die in Adam because the body we've inherited from him is mortal. It dies. It's weak. On the other hand, in Christ, all will be made alive. Why? Because we will inherit in the future a body just like his. An immortal body. Think about it. An immortal body. You one day are going to have a body that will never die. That's what immortal means. Never dies. Powerful. If you think that today, if you think of the most incredible athlete in the world and the power physical that they have, the resurrection body will blow that away. By the way, right even now, we have the same power available to us that raised Christ from the dead. Not for our bodies, but for our spiritual lives now. So that's the interesting thing about um, what God has done with the believer in Christ. You see, he's already set the stage. He's given us the down payment the first fruits of what he will do one day with our bodies because he's had the spirit indwelling us. And so our minds are being renewed. They're not totally renewed yet, but they're on their way. We walk by the spirit now, but not all the time. We're on our way. But one day, all of that's going to come together. And we're going we're gonna to have a humanity just like Christ's humanity. What a thing to behold. What a marvel. And what an understanding that it's all by grace. You know, everything I just described, the renewing of the mind is by the grace of God. He's given us everything. He's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit. 
The fact that we can even walk by means of the Spirit, again, is totally by the grace of God. Our salvation is totally by the grace of God. And since we, in our salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. So as in Christ, all will be made alive. You see, we will have our bodies, as it were, we've come together with a perfect mind and a perfect heart and and a spirit. And all of that will be who we are for all of eternity. Okay. So those are the differences between in Adam and in Christ. They're stark. They're total contrasts. They're 180 degrees from one another. And we saw last week in verse 40, you don't have to turn there now, but Paul made a distinction between earthly and heavenly bodies in nature. Remember that? In, 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 in nature, you have earthly bodies. And of course, that's animals and fish and birds and human beings. And then you have the heavenly uh, bodies, as it were, the sun, the moon, the stars. And he made that distinction. But what's interesting is he included our current bodies in the category of earthly bodies. Because that's what they are. They're designed for life here on planet Earth. So, but that told us something. It told us that there's two realms. There's an earthly realm and a heavenly realm. And since now man is on the earthly realm... That means that one day there will be men and women who are what? In the heavenly realm. You see, it follows, okay? Now, given that, given the fact that there's an earthly realm and a heavenly realm, and by the way, the heavenly realm exceeds the glory of the earthly realm. We saw that last week. We saw that when we look up into the stars at night, that we see nothing like that on planet Earth, right? The same thing with the brilliance of the sun and the moon that can light us by night. There's, all, there's more glory in those bodies, those celestial bodies, than there is in animals and so forth, and even fallen man. So that since that's true, and remember, just to refresh everybody's memory, earthly bodies, okay, heavenly bodies. That's, that's what he talked about last week, and now he's going to move that into the fact that our bodies today are earthly, and then one day our bodies as Christians will be heavenly Since there is a natural body, there must be a spiritual body. Again, since there's a natural body and it dies, there must be a spiritual body that never dies. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay, good. Verse 44, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. You see, in in order for us to inherit and live... In the heavenly realm, which we're promised. We have an inheritance in heaven. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. We've been promised that, our inheritance. Our citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, in order for us to inherit all of that, we must have a body suitable for the heavenly. We don't. Therefore, it must be in the future that we'll receive that. In order for us to live in that heavenly realm with Christ forever, we need a body that has been crafted just like the Lord God crafted the body of Adam from the dust of the earth. We'll have a new body that's been also crafted. It'll be totally new. And it'll be crafted for a heavenly existence. In other words, the Lord's looking at our human spirit and saying, I want to encase that in a body suitable for the heavenly realm. Now, we don't know exactly what that all means. But as we'll see in a little while this morning, we can take a look at the resurrection body of Christ and get some idea. All right? We can look at what that body was capable of and get some idea. But it's only, a, it's only a small look at what our lives in the heavenly realm will be like and our bodies as well. It's very exciting. Now, just to be clear, spiritual body is not a body composed of spirit. You see, that's actually what the uh, apostles thought when Christ appeared to them. They thought they were seeing a ghost. And he had to to straighten them out and say, look, I'm not a ghost. Here, touch me. Listen to me. And so forth. So it's it's a body, a real body, but expresses and embodies the spirit, just like the body that the Lord God crafted out of the dust of the earth was suited for the human soul the human life, the human rationality, and so forth. So then again, if there's an earthly body for our natural life now, and there is, there must be, there must be a more glorious heavenly body for our eternal spiritual life 
in the age to come, and I stress eternal. After all, if we have a body that's immortal, that means it what? It goes on forever. It's eternal. And that's just another thing that's incredible to think about. We're actually going to have a body that will never, ever, 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 ever die. Never. But you're starting to get the hang on that? See, it's so marvelous that we really, if we're honest, we can't really get our heads around that. I remember when I was a kid, I used to, you know, I was brought up in the Catholic um, religion, but I knew some things about God, and I knew He was eternal, and I knew one day we would be in a place where we would have eternal life, and I used to, I used to sit in bed at night and try to imagine that. You know, I kept trying to, like, extend my understanding of my, uh, you know, existence, of my concept of things, of time and of space, and say, what if that's gone? I couldn't get my arms around it. It's like everything I thought about had an end. Everything. I couldn't imagine something that went on forever. It feels like, well, wait a minute, that, how could that possibly be, right? Why? Because we're in these bodies that were designed for an earthly existence, and more to the, more to the point, because of Adam's fall, they die. And so we're accustomed to thinking in terms of a finite period of time of existence. But when we get to heaven, we'll have a body that will live forever. All right, so again, if there's a body for our natural life now, there must be a more glorious heavenly body for our spiritual lives in the age to come. All right, look at verse 45. Now, so far in this section, and it goes really... Um, all the way back to verse uh, 35, it's been, Paul's been writing about the body and the bodies. Okay? Now he is going to pivot. And let's see it in verse, f- verse 45. So also, so also, just like as there's a natural body, therefore there must be a more glorious heavenly body, so also it's written, the first man, Adam. So he comes into view now. He's been talking about the earthly natural bodies and now he's going to bring Adam on the scene and he's going to say, listen, he was the first and he became a living soul. Right? Our soul, our rationality, the inner man now is designed for the earth and that's what Adam was designed for. He became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You see, what has he done? He is now brought together the concept of two kinds of bodies, earthly and heavenly, with two kinds of men, Adam and Christ. You see how marvelous that is? Can you see now how it all fits together, how it's all been designed perfectly? That Adam was designed a perfect man for this earth, made out of the dust of the ground, and he fell. But we're going to see that fall open the door, as it were, to God's additional plan when he would bring Christ on the scene. All right, and then, we're, then so Christ is the head of the new man. All right, first Adam was created as a living soul, living creation. This here is a loose quotation. Hold your place in verse forty-five, and please go all the way to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Genesis chapter two, verse seven, because Paul is citing this verse, but. He's adding a little bit to it to explain it now in the new terms that he's brought on the picture. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God, because this is in Eden, this is on earth when it was in pristine condition, when he created everything and said it was good. Okay? The Lord God formed man, how? Of dust from the ground, earthly. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And Adam became a living being. The miracle of life, of human life. This is where it began. Notice, Adam was made of the earthly things. Okay? And he had, he had life. It was a life that was suitable for this planet, this earthly existence. The Lord fashioned Adam's body from the dust of the ground. And he breathed life into a lifeless body. This life that Adam had and what we have now was a breathing life. That's how it's characterized. A breathing life. What does that mean? Designed to breathe. 
So we, we have a breathing life. As a matter of fact, one of the signs that somebody has died is the fact that they're not breathing anymore, right? We've had, unfortunately, some um, things happen in our country related to, you know, I can't breathe. It's a sign of human life that we can breathe. But it's a sign of life here on earth. Why? Because this is where we have atmosphere, we have lungs that require air, and so forth. It was a life suitable for, uh, in, for life in nature. You see it? It's life suitable for life in nature. In other words, breathing air, drinking water, eating from the trees of the garden. All of that was what this body was designed for, earthly. And then the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The word last, that's back in verse 45. You can go back there now. The word last, think about it. It means ultimate He's saying there was the first Adam, okay? And then all the things that happened to the human race because of Adam's sin. And then there's the last. There's only two. The last Adam. And he says that's the final, the ultimate. There will not be a third head for a third kind of humanity. There's two. There's Adam and there's Christ. Ultimate. Christ is the ultimate. He's the final. He's God's final answer to the problem of sin. His final design for humanity because he knew that he wanted to rescue his creation, his prized creation, the human race. And in order to do that, he had to start over. He had to, he had to get rid of the old man and bring on the new man. All things have been created new. You see it? And including our bodies one day and including we have a new federal head, the Lord Jesus Christ. There are two headships that have been established for all of mankind. Adam and Christ. And see, this is a way we need to think. There's so much power in seeing things this way, to seeing that all that we were, you know, when we're described as dead in our trespasses and sins and walking according to the prince of this world and all those kind of things, it's describing Adam and being in Adam. That's it, okay? All of that. None of that was good anymore, okay? Because of the fall. It had to be scrapped, ultimately. And then a whole new man had to be brought on the scene. That's why it's so important to translate it old man and new man rather than old self and new self, right? It's not a new self. It's a new kind of creation. And it has a headship in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have to, when we start thinking in those terms also, we start to see, wait a minute, just as I was a born in Adam, couldn't do anything about it, and all the characteristics, including my sinfulness, came from the head, well, so too... Now that I'm a believer in Christ, I've been created new, and all of what I have is drawn from the new head, Jesus Christ. And it's by grace, and we can't lose it. And that means that the Lord deals with us as being in that second line, and who's at the head of that line? Jesus Christ. He deals with us like He deals with the humanity of Christ. Now, we can't get our arms around that either, but it's true. When He looks at us, He sees us as in Christ. That makes all the difference. I mentioned this last. That's our secret weapon. No matter what thing that, that, that your mind or the world or the kingdom of darkness tries to throw at you, it'll all be, it'll be like knocked off you because you understand you're in Christ. You know, I mean, can any of that touch Christ? Can any of the accusations that are made against you be made against Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. And therefore, that's the way we need to think. We need to always see ourselves in Christ. It will, it, will, it will solve so many problems in your life. And I don't care if they tear down statues of Christ because you want to know something. He's not in the statue. He's in heaven. He's in heaven. And no matter how hostile things become on earth, well, guess what? Our citizenship is in heaven. We keep your eyes on the things above where Christ is, where our life is now. That's totally true. That's how God sees it. That's how it is. Remember, we've been raised and we're seated with God in Christ in heavenly places. If we only had eyes to see, it would be, it would be a revolutionary thing for your life here on earth. And you do have eyes to see. Because you have been empowered by God the Holy Spirit. His power is at work, helping us more to see this more and more clearly through the Word. You know, that's, the Word of God is how you see it all. As you, as you immerse your life and your heart and your thinking in what the Bible has to say, ah, then your eyes, your spiritual eyes will get open more. 
And you'll see more of it. I mean, in the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 3, it talks about being filled up with the fullness of God. Think about it. We are the fullness of Christ in this world. What is that? Well, it's mind-blowing. But you can start to see more and more of it as you continue to study God's Word. It's not a chore. I know so many people treat of, you know, I have my time this morning where I have to study the Bible for, you know, whatever, 15 minutes. That's not it. That is not it at all. Now, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. But my point is, is that it's like, a, like, a, like the Word of God says. It's like a deer that's thirsty and looking for water. That's the way it really is. That, that it, will, it will revolutionize your day when you see once again that you're in Christ. That you've been adopted by God the Father. That, that you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Those are the things that we learn and relearn that, that totally changes our thinking. And, and it's a great thing. It's a privilege. It's a gift. That's how we should look at it. Just like prayer. You know, people, and it's true, people have a hard time praying. I get that. I do too. You know, there have been certain religions, one of which I was brought up in, where it was treated as a punishment, actually. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the evil that's behind treating prayer, which is communing with our Father, as a punishment? Five Our Fathers, six Hail Marys. I will never do it again, Lord. Well, what does that do? Unfortunately, it turns this into a chore. And it's the opposite of that. That's part of the deception. Part of the deception in this world is that things that are of God are like not cool. They're a chore. You know, it's a nagging I have, thing I have to do. And it's the total opposite of that. For, we've been, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Well, live in that freedom. And, and make up your own decisions on why it is that you go to God's word. And I hope first and foremost it is that your mind may be renewed so that you can see how, who you really are. All right. Two headships established for mankind, Adam and Christ. Verse 45, one more time. It has been written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. And the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean to give life? It means very simply and very powerfully It refers to raising the dead. That's what it means to give life here. A life-giving spirit means raising the dead. It means that, we'll see this, that the Lord has been given the authority to raise the dead. All right. You want to see that? Let's go to Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 21. Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 21. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit. Now, the last Adam means in his humanity. In his humanity, he became a life-giving spirit. What happened? How did that happen? Look at John 5.21. Just as the Father, what? Raises the dead. Just as that. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the Son also gives life. What does that mean? Raises the dead. To whom he wishes. To whom he wishes. So God, Christ became, became a life-giving spirit by his resurrection from the dead. Now as God, of course, he is life. He's eternal life. I am the way and the life and the truth. But in terms of giving life, that was when he was raised from the dead. When it, as, a, as a human, he had the ability and the authority to, to raise others from the dead. Okay. It was through the power of the Father... His power gave His Son the authority to raise others. Now, I hope you can see back in 1 Corinthians uh, 15.45, if you want to go back there, um, because we're going to look at verse 46 in just a moment, that it says in 1 Corinthians uh, 15.45, there's a first and a last. Now, you know, uh, West Point just graduated their fourth-year cadets and all that, and um, they had a person who was first in the class. And they had a person who was last in the class. The last is interesting. They're called the goat. They get money for being last. So when it gets down to it, the two guys that are, could be a woman too, are like doing the worst in the scoring, they compete to be last. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about. But what does that mean? It means there's an order of things, right? There's the, 
There's the first and the last. Okay, well, it's kind of the different difference now is this is first in time and last in time. The Adam came first, the earthy. Christ comes last, the heavenly. So that means that there's an order, and this is important to understand in terms of the bodies too. That just like there's an order on which the, the head came, came here and was created actually because Christ's resurrection body was different from the body he was born in, just as it's, that's true, guess what? It's also true about our bodies. They're going to be first, earthy, last, heavenly. All right. That's what we see in verse 46. Look at it. 1 Corinthians 15, 46. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and then the spiritual. These are bodies. Remember, each head comes with its own body. That was really a stroke of brilliance on my part, right? Although I know for some reason, um, my sister's Barbie dolls, that didn't always work. Somehow a lot of them became decapitated. I don't know how that could possibly be. But, but in general, the idea is that a body has a head. Well, we're the body of Christ and he's the head. All right. So that means that Adam had the natural body. Head, body. We all got the natural body. All right. Head and body. Christ head has the resurrection body. We will always one day have a resurrection body. And just so you understand, the spiritual and the natural here are the bodies, okay? They're not Christ and Adam. It's a, it's a technical thing in the Greek. It's not a masculine. It's a neuter. It's a thing, not a person. It's talking about the bodies. The spiritual bodies and the natural body is in, are referring to the two bodies, all right? The body that Adam had natural body that Christ has, resurrection. So therefore, the spiritual body refers to the, notice this, the body that the Christian will have when, when? Say, we don't have it now. When will we have it? And the Bible tells us it's when Christ comes back for the church. We call that the rapture, right? He'll appear in the clouds and we'll go up to be with him forever. That moment is when the dead in Christ rise in their resurrection bodies. And we who are alive and remain are transformed from our earthly bodies to our heavenly bodies. That's when. That is when the body will be redeemed. When it says we've been sealed for the day of redemption in the future, that is talking about our bodies. When it says that the whole earth groans looking forward to the appearance of the sons of God, that means why? Because then earth will be totally transformed. Because once again, Adam was also made the head of creation, right? You know, here, the animals, and the, he gave them names because he was over them. Well, guess what? In the new creation, Jesus Christ will be over all of creation. He'll reconcile all things to himself. Okay, so that all happens when Jesus Christ comes to the church at the rapture. And then he's going to have a thousand year reign as well. Verse 47 is talking about the source. Let's read it. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man, Christ, is from heaven. It's where his origin, where he comes from. Adam comes from the earth. Christ, resurrected, we'll see, comes from heaven. I say it that way because it's, it's after he rose from the dead that he will come from heaven. You see, when he, when he came in his first advent, he was born with an earthy body. We'll see more about that. Okay, when he comes back, he's going to come from heaven. The second man is from heaven. As is the earthy, Christ, uh, Adam, so also those who are earthly. That's plural. That's every one of Adam's descendants. As is the heavenly, Christ, so also are those who are heavenly, the believers. Again, it's the source. Where did they come from? All right, we looked at that. First man, Adam, was formed from the dust of the earth. I'm going over this again. What do you mean? The source, the the origin. Second man is the resurrected Christ. Be sure you understand that. The resurrected Christ. Church couldn't begin until Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father. That's when it became into being. That's when the body of Christ started forming. Okay? So that the second man, Adam, is the resurrected Christ, the first fruits. See, the resurrected Christ will, will come down from heaven at the rapture. Come down from heaven. We're still waiting for that. We're eagerly awaiting the man from heaven. 
That's when we'll receive our heavenly bodies. Please turn to 1 Thessalonians 1.10 to see how we are eagerly awaiting the return of the man from heaven. The man from heaven. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 The resurrected Christ is the first fruits. We studied that. It meant that in, in the feast that the, that the Jewish nation celebrated, it meant the first of the harvest. Where there's the first, there'll be the rest of the harvest. Christ already resurrected. He has his resurrection body today. In the future, the rest of the harvest comes in, which is the whole church being resurrected. We're eagerly awaiting that day. What day? When the man from heaven returns to earth. Or close to earth, anyway. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. We wait for Christ from heaven now. God the Father raised him from the dead. And Jesus, notice the focus is on humanity. You know that when it's Lord Jesus Christ, right? Christ is the Messiah, the one that the Jews are waiting for, some of them. All right? Lord means he's God. Jesus, when that's only used alone, means the humanity. Alright, so he's talking about Jesus and his humanity will rescue us from the wrath to come. Please look at chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. This is the event. This is when we'll receive the heavenly body. It's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. It's imminent. Imminent doesn't mean tomorrow. It means any time. I've mentioned this many times, but I'll mention it again. A lot of people want to know, hey, when's the rapture coming? Can I look at those four blood moons and tell all these trends? Can I say, oh, there's more earthquakes? Christ has to come? No. Whenever someone asks me, when is Christ coming back? When's the rapture? I say, tonight. He gets the point across. Now, I don't know that, but the point is, is that's how we ought to think. We ought to think he's, and we ought to, we, that's our desire. Notice, we're eagerly awaiting that. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4.16. This is what we eagerly await. For the Lord himself, notice, will descend from where? From heaven, the man from heaven, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. They will have their bodies, new bodies. It's, it's really clear when you think about a dead Christian and, and then being brought to life again, because they need a new body. Right? A lot of people ask, you know, what about, what about somebody who's cremated? Well, that's the old body anyway. Why are you even worried about it? Right? It's gone. I mean, anybody, the best buried body still loses a lot of things. Right? It's a nature and all of that. They're probably, you know, on some leaf on a tree right now, at least part of them. Right? So that body doesn't matter. We're going to get new ones, completely new, designed for heaven. All right. That dead in Christ rise first, then we who remain will then join them on their way up to heaven. Our bodies will be, as it were, transformed. It's the same tr- transformation from old to new. It just happens that we're still, we still have our, new, our old bodies at the time it's going to happen. Some of us. All right. Go back to verse 48 now. Verse 50, 1 Corinthians 15, 48. As is the earthly, Adam so also those who are earthy. Every member of the human race since Adam. As is the heavenly Christ, so also are those who are heavenly. We're already of heaven in our orientation. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. All our spiritual blessings are heavenly. So in that sense, we're, we're already heavenly, although not our bodies, Right? But, uh, but the rest of us, our life, our very life is what, hidden with Christ in God. Well, where is that? It's in heaven. You see, we need spiritual eyes to see. We need to trust the word of God and take God at his word. But it's the fact, okay, that in, that in terms of how God sees us, because he's outside of time, he says, well, you're already heavenly, right? He's already declared us righteous, fit for heaven. We already have the Holy Spirit as our down payment. And, the, and, and we have the access to the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So we're already heavenly in God's eyes. But we don't have a heavenly body yet. Verse 48 connects the head with the bodies. 
As is the earthy Adam, so also those who are earthy. As is the heavenly Christ, so also are those who are heavenly. There are two types of bodies, but the key to understand is that where do they get their characteristics from? Where do we get the characteristics of this earthy body from? The answer is simple. Our head, Adam. That's where it came from. The same thing is true, of course, about our resurrection body. That second type of human body, there's only two, will get its characteristics from the head, and that is Jesus Christ. That's important to understand. Why? Because that allows us to then start to see a little bit, a glimpse of what our bodies are going to be like. As is the head, so is the body. Okay. Like produces like. Earthy, Adam, heavenly Christ, as is the singular head, so are the plural bodies. Now, it's true, isn't it? Adam passed on his nature to all his descendants. Every one of them. Completely, everything about Adam when he fell has been transferred down the line. First to his son, Seth, and then on and on and on. And here we are today. We still have the same kind of body that Adam had when he fell. Adam passed on his nature to all of his descendants. As is the head, so goes the body. At birth, every human receives the natural body from Adam. It's suited for our earthly habitat, where we are now. It's temporary. The bodies that we have now are temporary. The, the outer man is decaying. It's temporary. Okay. Then, of course, Christians will, the head of Christ. The Christians will receive the body just like that of the resurrected Christ. Let me say that again so that you really concentrate on that. Christians, you, me, as believers, we will receive a body like that of the resurrected Christ. Like that of the resurrected Christ. It will be suited for our heavenly habitat. It will be for all of eternity. And we'll see, when we see the resurrection body, we'll totally understand all the differences between Adam and Christ. Because we've already lived in Adam. And then we're going to see completely about what it means to be in Christ when we have our bodies. Verse 49. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, Adam, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. That's us. See, that's we get both, right? We're born in the image of the earthly. We'll bear the image of the heavenly in the future. We'll see the difference. We'll see the difference. We yearn for it now. Our bodies, all of our nature, aches for that day, groans for that day when we'll be freed up from this earthly tent we got from Adam and we'll be given the heavenly tent, as it were. Our, we'll be, our spirits will be encased in the resurrection body like Christ's. We will bear the image of Christ. It doesn't say we might. We're studying eternal security. And Thursday evenings, it's a fantastic, grand study. But here's another verse that gives us security, right? It doesn't say we might also bear the image of the heavenly. What does it say? We will. Fact. Now, it's hard to imagine, but you see, we take everything at God's word. That's what faith is when you come right down to it. It's taking God at his word. You know, it's settled. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to figure it out anymore. I don't have to. I know it's a fact. Right? We will bear the image of Christ. We, our bodies will be like his glorious body. Please turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. We will be like Christ. Our bodies will be like his glorious body. We will bear the very image of Christ. The likeness of Christ. Our minds already being renewed to the mind of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But we don't have a body like Christ yet. 1 John 3, 2. Our bodies will be just like his glorious body. Behold, beloved, 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, Christ, we'll be like him. You can't say it any more straightforward than that. When he appears, we'll be like him. Because we will see him just as he is. We'll then see exactly what it means that Jesus Christ rose from the dead in terms of the bodily experience that we'll then have because we'll have a body just like his. Please turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 29 to see another aspect of this. 
Romans chapter 8, 29. And as you turn there, reflect on the fact that God the Father knew all of this in eternity past. That He set up, He predestined all of the things that were going to happen to the human race. And in particular, the foreknowledge that He had of you and I as believers and being placed in His Son. He sees the end from the beginning. So I want you to see it in that perspective. Notice, for those whom He foreknew, believers, He also predestined. In other words, it's going to happen to become conformed, what? To the image of His Son. And we're going to see this in a minute. Think of that word, image of His Son. When man was created perfect in the garden, the Lord God said, finally this is one made in my image and likeness. That didn't last long. All right, now, we're still, we still have a, a vestige of that, a residue of that. But the human race fell. Our bodies became dead in our sins and so forth. Well, in the future, we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ, His Son, so that, we would, that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. What's God's, what's God's delight in here? What's He working towards? It's real simple. He's working towards, as He always has been, glorifying His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything in the Old Testament ultimately pointed forward to the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son. The Gospels all talk about His first time here on earth. And then the Epistles talk about our spiritual life now that we're in Christ. And then the book of Revelation talks about when He'll come back to earth seven years or so after He's raptured us. So it's all about Christ. And so that's why. If you want to know why am I going to have a resurrection body? It's, this answer is simple. That's the most glorious thing he can do about us to give glory to Christ. It's about him. It's not about us. That should be freeing. All right? It may not be when you're a young person because you think, well, you know, I want it to be about me and I'm, you know, I'm on my way. I got some life to live. But as you get a little older, you start to realize, thank God, it's all about Christ and not about me. I'm tired of all the things that I see about me that fall short. I'm not just talking about physical, although that happens too. But everything about us, ultimately, you know, it's only when we are like Christ, right? And I'm glad it's not of us, but of Him totally. For those whom He foreknew, God the Father foreknew you and I. This is an eternity past, but a special kind of knowing, okay? He also predestined us, right? It means the destination was set in advance. It's certain We will be conformed to the image of Christ. The very image of Christ. I love that picture. Okay, It's sort of like if you think about it. It's sort of like, you know, when you're going to make a lot of copies of something, you get the model, and then you you put, you know, you encase it in clay or whatever, and then there you have it. You have the mold, and then it's got the image of what it was that was put in there, Christ in our case, and then you produce many brothers and sisters, from that image. We will be conformed to the image of His Son so that He would be firstborn, the head, among many brethren. Christ will stamp His characteristics on those who are His at His coming. Think about it. We are going to have the characteristics of Christ when He comes back. It's amazing to think about that. Well, here's the thing about that. Please turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 to see another passage. We wrap up today. First Corinthians, first, whoa, I'm so used to saying first Corinthians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Mindset time. I want to bring this verse around with you this week in your heart as you face the different things that aren't so pleasant about life here on earth. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Philippians. After Ephesians, before Colossians. All right, verse 20. For our citizenship is in heaven right now. We are citizens of heaven right now. We have have the right to be in heaven right now. From which we also notice, eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will, not might, will transform this body of our humiliation 
our humble state, into what? Conformity with the body of His glory. We'll have glorious bodies that will be conformed to His. How's that going to happen? By the exertion of the power, His power, Christ's power, that He has even to subject all things to Himself, including us. Now, because of that, because we'll be, our body will be in conformity with His glory, the resurrection body of Christ reveals some things about what our bodies will be like in the future, at the rapture. Let's just look at a couple of these as we close today. John chapter 20, verse 26. John chapter 20, verse 26. Spend a little time in the Gospels here to see what our bodies will be like. John twenty twenty six. A lot of people wonder, well, if I'm going to be transformed into this new body, and I'll be in it, anybody, are we going to know each other? I get that question all the time. Are we going to know each other when we're in heaven? Well, the answer is absolutely. And you know how we know that for a fact? Because we're going to have a body like Christ, and he was recognized by people. All right, look at John chapter 20, verse 26. After eight days, I love this, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas with them. Thomas doubted. I won't believe he's risen unless I can put my fingers in the nail prints of his hands. Thomas with them and Jesus came. Notice this. The doors having been shut. Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever tried to like walk through a door? You know, because it's locked and you just can't have that. Well, I'll just walk through it. Good luck with that. Hope you are close to an emergency room. But the doors having been shut, he stood in their midst and he said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, okay, you wanted this? You got it. Reach here with your finger and see my hands. And reach here your hand and put it in my side. Don't be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus didn't correct him. He is Lord and God in the flesh. What does this tell us? Well, they they recognize he still had you know, features, characteristics of his body that he had when he died on the cross. Characteristics. It's a totally new body, but it's recognizable. We will have distinguishing characteristics of our identity. I have a few, but I hope it's not all of them. I hope I don't have that distinguishing characteristics, but we will be recognized to others. Others will recognize us. We will also be able to walk through walls we will also be able to disappear from one place and instantly appear in another place. Could be hundreds, thousands, millions of miles away. It doesn't matter. We will be able to instantly appear in another place. Oh, and by the way, we won't even need Scotty. We won't need him to beam us up. We'll have it right in our own bodies. Star Trek. Well, I know, look, it was in the 60s, but I know it's, kids still know what it's about today, so... We will still have hands and feet. We won't be disembodied spirits. We will have flesh and bones, but apparently not blood, which is a whole different study. We will have flesh and bones, okay, but not blood. And yes, we'll be even even able to eat food. Yes, we'll be able to eat food. All right, let's do this quickly. Luke chapter 24, verse 38. Luke 24, verse 38. I'll start reading it to conserve some time here. Let's back up to Luke. And he said to them, this is the same thing. He's, he's now in the same place. Luke has his own version, his own details about what happened. Why are you troubled, Jesus says. Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit, they thought he was a ghost, does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they still could not believe it, because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? Man after my own heart. They gave him a piece of a broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. You'll be able to eat. 
Man was made in the image and likeness of God. That's in the beginning, Genesis 1.26. Man was made in the image of God. That's how it started. Think about this in terms of God's entire plan for the human race. Where did it start? The Garden of Eden, man was made in the image of God. However, after Adam sinned, what happened? <sighs> human race took on the image of fallen man. That's Genesis 5.3. Image of God, Adam, Adam, and just Adam sinned. Boom. Whoops. Not working. Adam, image of God. Oh, it's just slow. There it is. Well, I don't know. I'm disappointed because I, I played around a little bit with the different kinds of animation. And this thing went... That's okay. You get the idea. It fell. No longer image of God, image of Adam. In Genesis 5, it talks about Seth being made in the image of Adam, not in the image of God. See that? That's what happened. That's a bummer. We became sinful. We had a corruptible body that was destined to die. But God had a plan to rescue his beloved creation, man. Look at Romans 8.3. Romans 8.3. God had a plan. Made us in his image and likeness. We fell and took on the image and likeness of Adam. But that wasn't the end of the story. Romans 8.3 tells us that he had a plan. God had a plan to rescue his fallen creation, the crowning creation, man. Notice Romans 8.3, what the law could not do, that wasn't, the, that wasn't going to do it. Weak as it was through the flesh, God did. What did he do? Notice this carefully, sending his own son in a likeness. What kind of likeness? In the likeness of sinful flesh, as on an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, Christ had to take on a body like ours, okay? Sinless, but as we'll see, other things are true about it. In the likeness, he received a sinless body, we know that, but otherwise it was like ours. What does that mean? Weak. You might say, Jesus was weak. Yeah, you know why? Because he could hunger, he could thirst, he could get tired in the body that he had, okay? And he could die, and he did die. He died for our sins, but God raised him from the dead. He became the firstborn among many brethren. One day his brothers and sisters will have a body that can never die. The new creation will have a new mold. Christ will be the model for the new mold. They will be made in the image of Christ, the God-man. So again, originally man was made in the image of God. Then you had the fall. Man became made in the image of Adam. Christ dies and rises from the dead. And then one day we'll all be in the image of Christ, the God-man. All right, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for allowing us this time to just drink in the facts about our future. And, and we thank you, Father, that it's all by grace, that it's, this is all for the glory of Christ and we just get the benefits of that. And Father, we also want to thank you for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he did come in the form of a human. And that he did go to the cross and die for our sins. We thank you for that. That he did, was buried. Showed that he was dead in his human body. And then you, on the third day you raised him from the dead to new life. A life that can never die. In a resurrection body now. Whoever believes this simply just takes you at your word because that gives the most glory to your son, Jesus Christ. That is our accepting the fact that we can do nothing to save ourselves, that it has to be on the basis of the death and resurrection of Christ. We believe that and we're born again and saved. And whoever does that will one day have this same glorious body that we've been studying today. We thank you for all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, just a couple of reminders. You know, I always do this at the end, but just remember, we have a Bible study on Thursdays. It's at 6.30 now. It's on Skype, not face-to-face. Um, Mark's tired of having me put his email address up. But you know what? We've got to do it anyway. Anybody who's like, doesn't know how to get on, 
You can email Mark, the technology guru, all right, and he'll let you know how to do it. Mark at lbible.org. All right, you may have questions on today's subject. It's a marvelous subject. It does bring up questions. I understand that. Please email me. I'm having trouble talking today. Email me. See, I don't have a problem putting my email address up. At pastor at lbible.org. People are starting to email me, and I think that's great. All right, I, I enjoy that. In a sense, I like the email better, actually, than the face-to-face. You want to know why? Because it gives me time to study and put it the way it ought to be put. So in, a, in actuality, the email is a better approach. So please do that. If you have a question, write it down, send me a quick email, so forth. All right. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you today once again. We thank you for your marvelous plan. We thank you, Father, that you have had this written down by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so that we can know exactly the things you want us to know about you, about us, and about your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to orient to him, to see that our life is hidden in Christ, to see that we have a citizenship in heaven, and that Jesus Christ will come on down in the clouds and bring us back up in these new bodies with him we will be forever. And that could happen right now. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everybody, you can open your eyes. Oh, darn, we're still on planet Earth. Have a great day, everybody.